Welcome to the Atlanta Sports Podcast, a recap of the week in Atlanta sports, created by Atlanta sports fans for Atlanta sports fans. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, welcome to episode eight of the Atlanta Sports Podcast. Garrett likes to drop uh, information bombs on me right before he presses record and uh, did the same tonight. So thank you for that, Garrett. So this this episode, we're going to take a look at uh, at several things. We're going to focus on uh, a little bit of mocking, more than just Garrett mocking me. We're actually going to look at some mock drafts. Uh, we'll check out Garrett's uh, part two of Brave Spring Training Overreaction. And then uh, Trey Young and John Collins have uh, have been in the news quite a bit here recently. Always nice to see Hawks in the news, uh, more than just local news. Uh, so we'll wrap up wrap up talking about them. So, uh, so Garrett, what was your question that you asked me right before we, uh, we pressed record as it was counting down? Uh, it wasn't a question, more of a statement. Uh, we were spending our 10 seconds of Atlanta United discussion for the week. And I simply said they were comparing the loss of their player, uh, Joseph Martinez, or however you say it, uh, to the loss of Mike Vick in the preseason. So I wanted to get your take on that, since you're the 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 Mike Vick fan of the group. I am the resident soccer guy and Mike Vick fan, so I'm glad to field this question. And what's funny is I actually, while picking up lunch today, thought that exact same thing without hearing somebody else talk about it. All I heard was Joseph Martinez got hurt, and I thought, man, sucks wait, for wait, him. Wait, 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 no, no, you can't, you can't go past that. The 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 first thing you thought was, who's that? No, I knew who it was. He's like the crazy-haired, super-fast soccer guy for Atlanta United. I, I might hate on Atlanta United, but I still know a little bit, very, very little bit. So, I thought that's sort of like them comparing it to Michael Vick and losing him in the preseason, which I was at that game. So, I'm actually on board with that comparison somewhat, uh, except soccer stinks and football doesn't. So other than that, I'm in. Well, do they have a do they have a Doug Johnson that can step in and play his position, or Kirk Hitner, <laughs> or either of those guys available? Well, the the Kirk Kittner pull that's that's the the way back machine. Thinking about that one, good gracious. Well, we were tortured for half a season watching those guys play, so it was I'll never forget. Think of the quarterback carousel that followed that. Didn't Dante Culpepper take some snaps with us? <laughs> Garrett. Was it Culpepper? <laughs> <laughs> Trivia time. Was it Culpepper? There was somebody that was like on their last leg. Now he coaches. I don't think Byron it was Leftwich. Culpepper. I mean, that's possible. But Byron Leftwich, that. yes. Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. Byron. Yes. But to me, those are the same quarterback. They were both. He, he was about uh, six years too old and 65 pounds too heavy at that point. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it was, uh, we had some, some dark times. It really makes you appreciate Matt Ryan even more than maybe we already do. Yeah, well, I can't wait or for even... all the, uh, the fans to still wear their Joseph Martinez jerseys even when he gets replaced down the year. Hey, I've still got my Michael Vick jersey. Am I allowed to wear that yet? Well, they're still wearing Mike Vick jerseys to games. I mean, to this day. <laughs> I want to, I'll wear my Michael Vick jersey to the next game, Jeremy, if you wear your Algie Crumpler jersey. 
I'm sure that's a good Goodwill somewhere in Atlanta, but not anywhere <laughs> in my house. It didn't make the move. <laughs> Rachel, did Rachel make you throw that away? Oh, no, I just, uh, I mean, his play the last half of his career made me throw it away. But you know what? Like speaking a, of, as soon as I bought that, down, as soon as I bought as soon as I bought that jersey, his play went down. It was uh, that's why I don't buy jerseys anymore. Also, I'm thirty. Well, we're on the topic seven, of, so. of this rabbit hole that we've gone down to start the show. Whatever happened to the Jason Hayward 360 T-shirt that I bought you? That <laughs> Jason Hayward hitting a ball, but it went all the way around you like a 360 <laughs> photo. I was driving to work the other day, and I saw, I saw a homeless man uh, wearing that <laughs> down the street. That's, so you're well, telling me you don't have it anymore? It. Oh, no. It was a gift. No yeah. It was a gift. Yeah. So that was probably one of my greatest gifts to you ever, more so than that uh, bobblehead thing you put on Twitter. Or the Blockbuster gift card. Yeah, that was that was great. <laughs> <laughs> that Blockbuster gift card was given to you last year as well. I think there's a couple stores still open. It's, it's a gift that keeps on giving. All right, so enough of the rabbit hole. Let's get into what we're going to talk about today, and uh, and that's uh, mocking with the mock draft. Is Garrett huffing and puffing on the other end? I mean, are Garrett you upset, Garrett, that I didn't where give we you are. the Blockbuster gift card? I just don't understand what's happening. Garrett doesn't know you how interrupted this at any point. I tuned you out All right, so about five minutes ago. So I'm watching the Hawks behind me. Uh, start of the third quarter, the Hawks are down 54-49. Hey, we're, uh, a f- we're at uh, five minutes left in the game kind of team, so I'm not worried. You said you stopped listening to me five minutes ago. And that was like five minutes and 35 seconds into the show. So we should probably, We should probably start this episode over. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late now. We're already in. All right, so the mock draft, Garrett. I looked at the Bleacher Report one by Matt Miller, and he has the Falcons taking in the first round. Javon Kinlaw, six foot six, three hundred ten pound defensive tackle from South Carolina. As we were getting ready for this, you seemed like you were on board with that. I this yeah, stop watching the I'm, th- <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> with that more than your option the kid from iowa what's his name aj uh AJ, yes help me Ma- out with his last name epinesa Ep- epinesa yeah who no way that's his who, name oh, it's not yeah, even close epinesa. uh you know i don't put in a ton of stock into the combine but he just bombed it at the combine aj which Leads me to somebody else who we picked up from the Big Ten not too long ago, Rashid Hagman. I see that taking a similar path. Don't steal my guy. That's Rashid Hagman. I already have told you this. Rashid Hagman and Javon Kinlaw to me are the same player. Guys that are immensely talented and have unbelievable skill and gifts, but don't put it together on the football field. Which what's, is exactly what NFL.com said. What's your backup their for that? Very, their very first sentence on NFL.com says, this is talking about Javon Kinlaw, for a player with so many elite physical traits, Kinlaw's tape was much more inconsistent than expected. No, thank you. I'm not taking him at 16 with 
should be more more consistent. I'm not taking a kid from the Big Ten who couldn't even run without pads on. But when you put the film on, the, the game film says the kid can play. Yeah, sure. Right? He, when he you did, watch the film, he did of, great of against uh, middle of Iowa middle school. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I could probably play against Northwestern and Rutgers. All right. So if you're if you're in on Javon Kinlaw, what do you? I'm going to guess you don't know, and that's okay because I didn't know before I looked. How many sacks do you think that he had last year, Javon Kinlaw? Uh, just take a guess. Six. Trivia. Did you, you looked it up, didn't you? Well, I do show prep, Daniel. <laughs> so yes, he had he had six sacks. But did you look at where his sacks came from? He got a sack against UNC, one against Charleston Southern. I'll give him credit for this one. University of Alabama he got one. He got one against Missouri. Give him credit for the UGA one. After that, he had a half a sack against App State. And a half a sack against Texas A&M. Again, against the teams that are worth anything, basically he was a no-show. Like, I don't want that in my 16th pick. He's Vic Beasley, basically. There you go. He's Vic Beasley at the defensive tackle spot. I know, Jeremy, you're really excited that we're drafting at 16. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I am still not happy about that, but... Especially when you look at the number of holes so that we have it as a team. And we're going to be expecting Dimitrov to hit on basically every pick to just fill the holes we have currently, not even count the people that we might release for cap relief. So, I mean, you're just expecting a lot out of Dimitrov. And really the last, you know, year, year and a half, he's kind of struck out on most of, on most of his decisions. Do you see him trading up do you see us sticking at 16 because really those two I, seem to be the, the guys that you see repeated you see ken law and you see epinesa sort of in a variety of different mock drafts those are the two names that that continue to come up how do we trade we don't we i mean we need to hit on all our picks we, we can't be trading any of our picks at this point really I mean, we we need to hit on our first pick our first four picks at least we need starters we've got enough open positions to where you know, we're going to have needs there. And then they say they're not even going to move out Ishmael at safety, which, I mean, you're already, you have, you're not bringing back Campbell. You're not bringing back Hooper. So you got two more holes there on, on you know, in those positions. And, and not a ton of cap space. So, I mean, the draft is really the only space we have to improve our team. Yeah, I'm interested. Oh, I shouldn't say interested. I'm surprised that Campbell is is being released. Hooper doesn't surprise me. Like they're talking about setting the bar with Hooper on tight ends, and he's not he's not worth that kind of money. Like I, I'd love to keep Hooper at the right price, but there doesn't seem to be a right price with Hooper. But I am surprised that Devondre Campbell is uh, is going, and that we don't even seem to be interested in him or, you know, making an aggressive offer to to keep him. I mean, I mean, he, yeah, he, he I, led us in tackles last year. I, I think he covers the tight end. Well, yeah. What what was the uh, Dimitrov's quote on Hooper and Campbell? We're going to let them get to the open market and uh, see, uh, see what their value is. 
That's like the nice way of saying like, yeah, yeah we could care less about you. <laughs> what is that? I don't even know what that means. If you want them, you're going to want to lock them down before it hits the open market. Yeah, I mean, Hooper is definitely not coming back if you're doing that. Because, I mean, you you might be able to get, you know, the market might not be as high for Campbell as he thought it would be. And then you might be able to offer him a you know, more team-friendly deal. But Hooper, there's no chance. I mean, he's he's got several teams interested in him already. And he's not even a free agent yet. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hooper is good, right? We watch every Falcons game. Uh... And I, I'm not going to disagree. Hooper has good hands. He has good he's, hands. He catches the ball. He's a one-dimensional tight end. He doesn't separate from people. I agree. I completely agree. He's a, yeah, he's I mean, a decent route runner well, with good hands, and that's well. Just it. like last year, well, last year, I don't know. Nothing really went right, so I don't know. <laughs> the defense could close their eyes, and probably our offense still couldn't run the ball. But you knew when Hooper was out there, <laughs> you know, ninety-eight percent of the time. Meant he wasn't going to block anybody. You know, if we put in one of our other tight ends, chances are it's because we're going to run the ball or he's going to stay in the block because Hooper couldn't pass protect or, or run run block at all. That's also on Dirk Cutter, though, and his lack of creativity. Like, I remember uh, with Shaney, like, fullbacks and tight ends that we'd never heard of were all of a sudden catching 30, 40-yard passes. Yeah, but oh, we had better so. players too. I mean, we didn't we didn't have Stocker at tight end. I mean, he's that's true. I and mean, we had Toy Lolo at back at that point, so he he was at least a threat. I mean, he was tall at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was tall at least. Uh, I feel like that's my only thing I got going in church league basketball now. We got Daniel. He's, at least he's tall. Mm, he's well you, well, you can't say healthy. So yeah, he's very fragile. <laughs> Uh, t- taking this back <laughs> to your mock, Daniel, AJ Epinenza, I'll, I'll never get it right. And it doesn't really matter because he's not going to be here. He, yeah, he, he is. reminds me. Epinesa, get it right. Uh, he, he, of, of The Rock, just a smaller version so of The Rock. So what was our Super Bowl year? 2016. Okay. Yeah. And Tag McKinley, what was his sack number or his his percentage or ratio? Something stupid. It's like, what was it? Fifteen sacks with eighteen pressures or something, something crazy like that. You talking about Vic Beasley? Yes. Or are you talking about Tag uh, Vic, McKinley? Vic? Sorry, I said Tag. I'm talking about Vic. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think that's exactly what you're getting in AJ. Have you? Did you happen to look at his game log at all? Maybe some of his stats, or did you not go that far in your show? In your show prep, I didn't, you did I not. Didn't, okay, okay, okay. Just, just I, checking. Hang just on, checking. hang on, hang on. I didn't look at his uh, at his game stats. No, but I did look at his NFL.com strengths. Sure, and sure. Okay, I'll get. I'll, and his strengths are rather well, impressive. Something he did have eleven and a half sacks this past year, which is great. He had he had stellar yes, games like Wisconsin when he had one sack, which was his only tackle for the game. Uh, Michigan, he also had one sack of his two tackles for the game. Uh, one sack against Rutgers of his three tackles for the game. So, yeah, let's see. One, two, three. He's not a four. linebacker. What do you want him to do? Oh, I have more than one or two tackles a game because I already had those guys and I don't need any more of them. <laughs> Over. Let's All right, see. what else? Did, well, where's he getting the 11 and a half sacks? If right, yeah, two and a half two. in his bowl game. 
against USC. I mean, that's pretty garbage. Uh, he had two against Nebraska, which is garbage. He had two and a half against Minnesota, which I'll give you Minnesota was decent, but not really a, a power O-line there. So that's five. That was seven of his 11 and a half sacks came in three games. Anything else? You had one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six games with three tackles or less. Four. Uh, four of those only had one tackle in the game. I don't need. So a, as I don't you need imagine, a guy I did not to, watch I don't a lot. Got to show up for a sack, the glory of a sack, and then be absent for the rest of the game. I would honestly just take a sack every once in a while in a, in a Falcons game. Like that would, I'd be pleased with that. It rarely happens, so it's sort of a big Yikes. deal when it does. I don't know, man. So obviously, I did not watch a lot of Iowa football Zero. games percent zero it would be exact <laughs> so i had to go to the youtube right and pull up him playing are you got his uh, greatest hit? like yes <laughs> aj epines's greatest hits but like you, i don't know you watch a guy play and you know that the dude just can play like he just has it and i know he's not jj watt but he was getting comparisons to jj watt with the way he plays the game just his energy level his motor and you got to be a little bit crazy to play in the NFL. Like that little bit of craziness, I think is a good thing. And he's definitely got that little bit of craziness. Like he enjoys hitting people. And I'm okay with that. I'd like to have that on the Falcons. I think we got enough craziness. I just want to see some better football players. And we had a guy that carried a picture of his grandma in his face <laughs> three years ago. What, what else? <laughs> yeah. If, I think I think the name that gets called is Epinesa, but let uh, Jeremy, you haven't you it, haven't chimed in. What do you want? Uh, Are you wanting like uh, <laughs> a local Atlanta sports talk was saying they want DeAndre Swift in the first round, and they get no, paid to do this, and they're talking about taking DeAndre Swift in the first round. No, you can't take a running back in the first round if you're the Falcons. I mean, our offensive line. So what do you, are, what do you want? Uh, I mean, well, I mean it's tough to say. Really, you you never know what's going to last, you know. But uh, it's got to be defensive or offensive lineman. Whoever's That's the a great non-committal response. Well, yeah, I don't know who's going to rise and fall in the draft. So I'm not going to do a guessing game about what's going to happen in a month and a half. But, I mean, scheme-wise, you need an offensive defensive lineman, and then you need to bring in somebody like Don Terry Poe to stick in the middle so he can support you know somebody on that outside if he's a defensive lineman. Because that's really where we've kind of fallen apart. The middle of our line is basically Grady Jarrett the last couple of years. I mean, he's a monster, but he he needs help. And, you know, we, we haven't given him really anything. All right. Well, I'm going to be interested to see when this happens for us to come back and take a look at our predictions, minus Jeremy, who has the most non-committed yeah, response the, of all time. Hey, I hope we take a player that I helps I guess somebody us. if you want crazy. He's he's more of a, a interior D lineman probably like a late first rounder, but a kid from Auburn, Marlon Davidson. Did you see his quote at the combine? What I love most, what I love most about no, the game is that I can literally go out there and hit a man consistently and pound him and the police won't come. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you want someone that's just, yeah. that's my that's kind of, that's my kind of crazy. He's a, 
Well, you can read that one, Garrett. I don't think you can necessarily read or share the the other response to the combine that you sent us in a text message. But I'll let that stay there. This is a family. Unlike you, I won't throw you under the bus on the podcast. <laughs> this is a family show. It's time to move on. Oh my goodness. So no DeAndre Swift. We can agree that local Atlanta sports talk who's shockingly paid to do this while we do this for free. Currently, if you're willing to sponsor the podcast, you can always reach out to us on our website and get in touch with Garrett. That's sort of what's one of Garrett's many jobs here at the podcast. So uh, no DeAndre Swift. Anything else we, before we move on from uh, from mock drafts, mocking? How do we feel or, about uh, NFL Combine info? To the Falcons. <laughs> Not the same way I felt when he was playing. Hang on, what did Jeremy say? Not interested. <laughs> Agreed. Not interested at all. Also not interested because he was average at best at Georgia. Sorry, Georgia fans, but it's the truth. He's an average quarterback, and y'all got rid of your non-average quarterback and sent him to Ohio State, so that's on y'all. Yeah, where? I mean, he, are, are they saying he's going to go I've third or fourth round? I've seen some mocks in the second I mean, round. I've seen some mock drafts. In the second round, yeah, but that's, I mean, there'd have to be a run on quarterbacks if for him to go in the second round, I would think. Even if there's a Yeah, I mean, they didn't trust him to throw the ball in college. How's it? Well, NFL if he's going to make it in the NFL, he's going to have to sit for at least a year, if not two or three, which I don't think you're taking that in the second round. Yeah, I'm with you. Way too early. Especially, there's some really good quarterbacks in this in this crop of QBs, anyways. I don't think Fromm's in that top four. No. I mean, wait, but I'd be happy, kind of, in this draft if the Falcons could find a way to trade back and get more picks as well. Just because we have so many holes this upcoming year. I mean, I know it's not in Dimitrov's normal playbook, but. You know, he's kind of put the team in a situation to where he needs to hit on a lot of players. Sort of one of those more more bullets in the gun and hope that some of those bullets <laughs> there's, hit. There's been a lot of yeah. misses, though. I mean, since we decided to go on a... Yeah, since we decided to go on a late-season winning, winning streak to put us out of the Chase Young sweepstakes. Nah, I'm not so on him anyways. Yeah, that's really the player on the defensive side I'd love to see. But it's not going to Mark that down. We'll revisit that here in a couple years. Yeah, you're... you're... I'm being honest. (laughs) I don't... People have talked about, is it worth it to trade up for him? Like, we traded up for Julio? Uh, No way. No. No, no, you can't do that. I still don't think. We and also would have be- said you shouldn't trade up for Julio either. We would have said that exact same thing then. Yeah. And that worked out okay. I trust Julio a lot more than I trust him. Uh, Chase Young. Yeah, we were also in a lot different place back then. I mean, when we took Julio, we thought we were one player away. Now we're probably eight or nine players away. Yeah, yeah I'm with you there. I'm with you there for sure. All right, so let's move on from the combine and let's jump into uh, 
Brave Spring Training, and Garrett's been on his uh, Brave Spring Training overreaction uh, tour. So, Garrett, what do you got for us in <laughs> the overreaction? Uh, yeah, so the lineup continuing to change. Training. Taking a little bit better shape, though. Uh, some of the veterans are stepping up. You know, I think last week I had Hechevaria at shortstop. Dansby's progressed. I've got him sliding into shortstop. And uh, frees up Hechevaria to slide over to third base which looks like a gaping hole for us right now. Uh, and I'm really excited about our bench. There's going to be a lot of power and speed on the bench between Ozuna and now uh, Ronald Acuna taking a, a backup role for us uh, with Ortega, Marquecas, and Duval uh, leading our outfield. Uh, so it's exciting. It's really Clear winners and um, clear no. winners. Uh, all seriousness, uh, I, I know there's been a lot of talk about Fulty, and it's still too early to tell. But uh, I think he's a basket False. case still. I don't. I don't know if he's ever. He had issues before Game Five last year, and I don't know if he's ever going to get get over Game Five. So. Uh, all right, I thought you were just going the opposite here. That's why I said no, false. You were just talking about no, no, no. Too I said that, That's what a lot of people have been saying, I guess, of late, because he had such a bad game. Was it uh, yesterday? Uh, he had such a bad game. Um, hey, what do you went? He went single, wild pitch, yeah, two-run home just run. Just getting <laughs> shelled all over the place. The same game that Carl Wright pitched phenomenally. Uh so I, I think Fulte, it's just that experiment. It's going to need to end sooner than later. Uh, so, it, I mean, it, it is way – it's too early to tell yeah, for some of the spring training, but it looks like Austin Riley doesn't want any part in being our starting third baseman. Yeah, well, he's been open. I mean, he hit a home run there yesterday. I mean, he crushed one, but uh, yeah, Camargo definitely has came out with a strong lead. But I mean, with Fulty, the thing is, you know, with Hamels being down for basically the month of April, they're saying he's going to still have that spot in the rotation until at least then. So hopefully, you know, he can pick it up. I don't know if I'll ever trust him in the playoffs again after kind of the last two years, but you know, hope. We want the best for, obviously, everybody on the Braves. So hopefully he can find kind of his way this season. We talked about Fulte. It might have been our second episode where we talked a little bit about Fulte. And he consists, like, everybody talks about how wonderful his stuff is and how amazing his stuff is. But I don't ever really see it. And it could just be because between the ears isn't right and never really has been with the Braves. Or his stuff really isn't that good because nah, he gets rocked. I think, I think quite it's the often. mental side of him. So I think he's got I, great stuff. I, that's what we talked about. If you take his stuff with uh, Tehran's yeah. mentality, uh, you'd have one heck of an ace. Well, yeah, I just don't know how you mentality. fix that. Like, <laughs> at what point do you say, dude, just can't get it together between the ears? Like, well, I think they did that last year. Experiment because. I mean, when they sent him down I, last I'm year, with you. I, I mean, they, they sent him down and told him to figure it out, and he did. You know, when he, it wasn't really just 
the second half of the season. I forget when he he came back up from Gwinnett, but I mean, dude was lights out until game five. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm with you. I don't think he's going to be right after that. He can talk about how he has a short memory and doesn't think about it, but uh, he's. You know, they always talk about redheads are fiery. He is the traditional redheads are fiery. Dude is just, he's a little crazy up on the mound. Yeah, but I mean, if you remember, Smoltz had moments in his career to where he kind of lost it for a while. I mean, he, he had to go see the sports psychologist at some point to kind of get him in a better place. So you have to wonder if something like that might work for him as well. I mean, I would try anything else with him because like Garrett said, I think he has good enough stuff if he could just kind of get the mental side of the game together. I think we'd have a really good pitcher. I just hope they keep him on a short leash because if it starts off poorly, I'm not interested in seeing him throw three innings and get pulled and have the bullpen get overworked. Like, let's start seeing what some of these other young guys can do. Like, I already know what I have in Fulte, and I don't think it's – unfortunately, I don't think it's there. So I, I hope he's on a short leash. Yeah, well, I mean, we've been hearing about these young pitchers long enough. At some point, you would hope to kind of give them a chance to start in the big leagues, especially with... Yeah, Kyle Wright's had a great spring training. I mean, we've basically got two spots in the rotation up for grabs at this point. So. Yeah, i definitely like to see some of the young guys up there, Kyle Wright or Ian Anderson, just just to see what they have. And I know for some of them, they're not going to pull up too quick, but... I don't know. I'd rather see him pitching against Major League Talent. Yeah, and they'll learn a lot talent. watching King Felix dominate this year. <laughs> we can all hope. Hey, we can all hope. Hey, what's all, I mean, it's all no-risk moves. So, I mean, if we get anything out of that, that would be a huge win. So. Yeah, the Braves have luck recently with bringing in a veteran. All right, are this getting one good year out of a veteran, then... Cutting them loose. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm interested in the next topic just to see what Jeremy what Jeremy comes with. So the other night, Trey Young, who's done this against several players where he, he puts the ball between their legs and goes around and picks it up on the other side, what the kids call a nutmeg, which as you say, this is a family show, so I'm hoping that doesn't mean something uh, other than putting the ball between someone else's legs. So he does it against Trevor Ariza, and Trevor Ariza takes offense to it and basically just steps in front of Trey like he's setting a pick. And Trey Young is, you know, weighs as much of a, as a piece of paper, so he basically flops to the ground. And Ariza was none too pleased uh, with him doing that. Apparently at the end there had some, you know, smiles and hugs, which I'm tired of that with the NBA. Uh, Stop hugging each other after basketball games. But, Jeremy, what were your thoughts on uh, on Trevor Ariza, a.k.a. the enforcer? I mean, I thought it was kind of a punk, punk move. I mean, it's just, you know, it's not that big a deal. And kind of trying to get physical with Trey Young, who's, you know, with that size difference, if he hit him the wrong way, you know, he could injure Trey Young. And just for something like that, it's kind of, Inconsistent. I mean, I wish I would, I would have seen somebody from the Hawks kind of come and stand up for him because you know, I, I I didn't like that at all. I I am so happy you said that, Jeremy, because I I I asked you that on purpose. I feel like I'm sort of setting you up here a bit because 
Because Garrett, have you ever played, say, uh, basketball or, or flag football with, uh, with I Mr. Have. Jeremy McKay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I have as well. And have you ever seen Jeremy uh, say maybe lose his temper and go after another player who he thought? I can was think of time or two or ten. <laughs> I'm not not I'm not, not for that reason. Not for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not talking about like, uh, you know, minor league sports or, you know, college sports. I'm talking like church league flag football and church league basketball, where I thought Jeremy's about to get in a fight Anybody with somebody. Anybody who's played in a church yeah, league Yeah, I've never sport. gotten a fight. No, some of those guys sport. deserve it. Correct. Yeah. So they think they're <laughs> professionals in a church league <laughs> recreation league. Like sometimes people need to put in their place. Well, I was see, always that's happy what, to do that. That, <laughs> that was Trevor Ariza. See, I'm obviously all for Trey Young, and I'm all for him doing that move to people. Like, I have no problem with it. But I'm also okay with Trevor Ariza going old school and having none of it, of saying, like, I'm the old dude here. Put my foot down. You're not doing this to me. No, so I've got no problem cool. either way. But a lot of the time I love it. A lot of the time I went after people, it was because they were picking on younger people. And it was old men, like, going after, like, 16, 17-year-old boys. It's like a (laughs) a Catholic priest. I mean, you can't stand for that. (laughs) I'm not editing that part out. That's staying. Uh, I wish Trey Young's comeback would have just been 10.5, homie. Which is Trevor Reza's career points per game average in his 15-year career. It's like, I <laughs> I mean, I think it was a punk move. I agree with Jeremy. But if anybody's going to be the old man enforcer, it can't be Trevor Ariza. It's got to actually be someone who's got some some pull in this league. Correct, yeah. Got a dude averaging 10 points and less than five rebounds a night. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. Like, uh, stand up for it, like, I want some old school basketball back. Like I, I'm, I don't want the handshakes and hugging after well, that's, games. And it's like, just I want you to Daniel. dislike the other people you're playing. Think of the, think of the kids listening. Ah, oh my gosh! There's a difference between sportsmanship when you're playing recreationally and sportsmanship when you're playing competitively. I don't. Know. I mean, I, I just didn't think it. I don't think it was necessary. I mean, it just wasn't that big a deal. And Ariza came out like he was gonna. You know, prove a point. The guy's like, you know, I don't know, twice Trey Young size. Just I, so I was reading it. it done, really. Just, just about everybody in the article, NBA is twice Trey Young size. Uh, yesterday, they had some of the quotes uh, from Trevor Ariza and and, and Trey Young, and I thought it was funny. One from Ariza. I'll have to kind of paraphrase due to all of the language. Uh, but basically he said, I've never made an all-defensive team or none of that S, and he's an all-star, so he can be creative by ways to get around me. Well, that's one of the most creative ways I can think of. Put him between the guy's leg. So I don't – well, he was creative. And then he went on to say, but all like the funnies, I'm not with the funnies. I don't like the funnies. I don't really know what that means, but – if 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 you're gonna tell him to get is creative, reading the to newspaper in the you, morning. I mean, throwing it in between your legs and running around is pretty creative to me. 
Yeah, but at some point the the Hawks also got to get somebody who can protect Trey Young on something like that because we need like a Charles Oakley type player that kind of. I think Zaza is free. Really takes care of. <laughs> That's what I was yeah, about to say. I think Zaza we had one. His name is Zaza Pachulia. I mean, he every other team hated Zaza, but Hawks fans used to love him because he he took care of our guard. I mean, he wouldn't let. Anybody get away with anything, basically. I mean, I love the yeah, Kevin Garnett and his feet. Yeah. Good for Zaza. Yeah. So, I think we're going to disagree on the Trey Young thing. Like I said, I'm interested. So, we need to put a poll up and see what, what the peeps think of uh, of that move, even though Trey Young's our, our guy. I don't know. I'm all for the. Well, I'll tell you this much: the physical play is probably the much the most coverage the old school uh, Trevor Reese has gotten his entire 15 year career. So good for him on that. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So we got two Hawks that are sort of making uh, headway. The other one, uh, John Collins, since he's been back, he's been he's he's just been unbelievable. He's averaged 21 and 10 this year. And uh, starting to get some national attention as one of these rising stars that uh, that needs to be getting more, even more attention than they're getting. And really, I mean, John Collins nationally, I think, is is not really a household name. But if he continues up this uh, twenty-one and ten stuff, he's yeah, he's going to quickly quick real find time himself update. up there. Uh, currently, he's two for eight shooting yeah. with four turnovers tonight. <laughs> oh, bad time to so to continue John on with Collins. your discussion. <laughs> but no, I, yeah. I really do. I think that uh, that he's got a that he's got a bright future for the Hawks, and he's really going to, I think, be a great sort of sidekick for Trey Young. Yeah, and him messing half the season this year was really a blow to kind of the momentum we had at the end of last year. Because I think you know it'd be even better for him if he played the first whatever forty games or whatever he missed. I mean, he's been outstanding since he's been back, especially the last two months. I think every episode you add the number of, you, you double the number of games he's missed. I mean, it's, he only missed like 25, right? And now it's up to, now it's up to 40. I don't know. It seemed like, I watched every Hawks game, so it seemed like he missed 40. <laughs> I'm with you there. When we were losing by 30 and Trace Young was still scoring 40, we'd still lose by 30. Yeah, it was, those, were, those were dark days in Hawks games. Yeah, and that was before Teague as well, so we had no backup point guard, which that was brutal. All right, see, I'm I'm with you on on John Collins. I think his future is bright. Uh, Garrett, what do you think on uh, on John Collins moving forward? Yeah, I think he's a great compliment to Trey Young. I think he's a good piece, and I agree. Uh, his stats tonight, kind of just joking. Oh, you know about his awful game tonight, but the whole Hawks team, which update four minutes to go in the game. The Grizzlies lead one thirteen to 77. This so. is our time. This is where we're going to turn it on. <laughs> this is a uh, Holy cow. That's bad. They've got them right where they want them. On a positive. We didn't go up 130 this game. So our defense is getting better. <laughs> There's still four minutes yeah. left. They're going to give mean, up 130. They've had a running clock the fourth quarter. <laughs> so, uh, with the, the JV you came in uh, but no I agree yeah I think Collins if he, if he doesn't 
act like an idiot again and get suspended. <laughs> I think it's a good piece, him and Trey Young, uh, for the future. And with you, Cam Reddish, too, I know he's not, you know, part of our uh, our topics, but he's really stepped up the last uh, last several games. He's been fun to watch uh, sort of grow into an NBA player. And I had my, some major doubts on him. I actually was, didn't think he could play. I still think DeAndre Hunter can't play. But Cam Reddish has been has been a bright spot here as, as of late. Well, hopefully Capella comes in the next couple of weeks and is able to play for us as well so we can see what we have in him. Because, you know, if he doesn't fit, we should see what we could get for him in a trade possibly this offseason and package him with somebody else. Right. What? So we've got, you know, we really focus on three teams, right? We, we focus on the Hawks, the Falcons, and the Braves. Of those three teams, with all the stuff we've been talking about, is there a team you think has the brightest future moving forward? Is it is the it the Falcons, the Hawks, the Braves, or or how would you sure. rank them? How about that? Braves. Braves, Braves Hawks, have the brightest. Falcons. Yep. Same. I just, I don't have any faith and Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. That's harsh. It's reality, though. Yeah, tell tell yeah. me different. Prove me wrong. But which of those three, right? Like, think Braves. of the three, which is the easiest to turn around? Is it easier to, like, we have the quarterback. We have arguably the best wide receiver. Our defense is terrible. But having the quarterback means that turning it around is a lot easier in the NFL than it is in say the NBA or major league baseball. So if I it said the same thing, it, of should, which be, one do you it think? should be. And if this was Dimitrov and Dan Quinn going in year two, I might say Falcons ahead of Hawks, but there's just too much history of them not making the right decisions and not, uh, you know, being too, I don't know, maybe too loyal to the wrong players or too stubborn. And I just don't, I just don't have any faith in them or the front office to pick the right players, to make the right decisions, to have the right coaches. We've we've already talked through that. And so, would you put the same? Would you say the same thing if I said for who has the most, who's most likely to win a championship first of the three? Would you do the same thing? Would you go Braves, Hawks, Falcons? The NBA is so weird. Like I don't. I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if we we're gonna win the championship, barring you know serious moves with, with the Hawks. I don't know. I don't see us working on the Super Bowl with the Falcons either. Though, I mean, I think the Braves are our only chance in the next ten years. That's de- that's a little depressing. That's a lot depressing. <laughs> so. Do are the Hawks last question of the night? Are the Hawks going to win a championship in our lifetime? How about that? Will the Hawks win a championship in our lifetime, or are we cursed to see average basketball at best? I don't know about you two guys, but I think in my lifetime, I hope so. I sure hope so. So with with that uh, ray of hope brought to us by Garrett, that maybe if you're young like him, you have a chance. If you're older like Garrett, Jeremy and I, then go ahead and start packing now. But uh, with that. Trey Young's probably going to be the second greatest player in Hawks history, though. I mean, so you would hope that, you know, we'll, we'll be able to put something together with him. He just got to recruit other players to come in. Yeah, I'm with well, you. Think, I, fingers crossed. I, I think 
maybe the NBA will start shifting back to the way it used to be. You know, not so many super teams. You know, maybe you get a couple, a couple, you know, all star. I don't want to say all stars. A couple above average guys on each team makes a little, a little more competitive, a little even across the league. Yeah, because even like what ten, fifteen years ago with the Hawks, I mean, we we didn't think that we would necessarily win. We weren't the favorites, but we thought we had a chance with those Horford, you know, Joe Johnson teams. I mean, now you just feel like right. you've got three superstars on each team, so you know, having one is not near as impressive. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't ever th- really thought we had a chance with Joe Johnson as our superstar. <laughs> Okay, well, well then yeah, the, I, the the Steve Smith teams. I mean, I thought we had a chance then when we had Mutombo, Steve Smith. I'll say teams. that I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I mean, do you think I we have agree a chance with that one? I mean, there'd have to be drastic changes in the way the NBA is currently being ran for any other teams outside of you know the Lakers, Clippers, and and those teams rotate, of course, to see where the best players are playing. But the superstar model has to change for the good of the NBA. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think they they turn off viewers for sure when they know there's only, you know, realistically four, four maybe five teams that have a, a true shot at winning it. Uh, well, and that's part of the reason why the, the the NFL continues to dominate because, like we just said, the Falcons sucked last year and they could be in the look, Super Bowl next year. Like, maybe make the case for the Fal- make the case for the Falcons. Our quarterback is Matt Ryan. <laughs> Like, there's a lot of teams that wish they had Matt or uh, you know had the quarterback issue solved. Like, our our we, offensive our scheme issue is, solved. Our offense our offense scheme is garbage. I mean, we don't take. I advantage don't disagree, of, but we put up numbers. Like our offensive numbers were not horrific last year. We just don't like. That's because we were that we down. We were so down much. twenty points. Like <laughs> <laughs> we were throwing the ball the whole second half because we were down twenty points. Like. Of course, our numbers. Are I don't good. know if y'all noticed, but about three minutes ago, I had a great transition to us ending the show, and y'all have continued to harass me. Could you keep coming up with terrible takes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hot, hot steaming garbage takes. So that that's yeah. linked in the show. You want to play shock jock? We'll give it to you real. <laughs> I do. Right. I do think. I think the Falcons have a chance of winning a Super Bowl before the Braves. Oh or, no, 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 no. Or the Hawks. No. Oh my god. I gosh. do. I want that don't that doesn't mean I don't want the other teams to win. I'm just saying it's easier to make an adjustment in the NFL and all of a sudden be good with slight adjustments. There are five what? players no. on five five, no. five starting players on the NBA. We got we have two good pieces. If you got another superstar like you could possibly compete. I mean the yeah. the Braves I, are I, are by far our best chance. Yeah. If you you want to say closest, if we had two top of the rotation pitchers, go out and buy them. I think we could win the World Series right now. Yeah, yeah, but we don't have those. That's well, like, uh, yeah, the Falcons don't have anybody either. But how many games do you have to win in the NFL to win a Super Bowl? Like, you don't have best of seven series. Like, the Braves were better than the Cardinals. But in a best of five, you never know what's or best of seven, whatever it was, you never know what's going to happen. Well, Freddie was hurt, and though. we got I mean, beat by a 
a worse team. In, in an NFL game, one game, usually the better team ends up winning. I mean, if Franny was healthy, we wouldn't have lost that series against the Cardinals. But he was, he was just struggling, you know, that that whole month of September. I think you're crazy with the Falcons talk, though. I mean, I I hope you're right because I'm watching every game, but I think we're in line for this? another. I hope that all three win a world uh, World Series, an NBA championship, and a Super Bowl in twenty. It's the 2020. It's our year. I mean, I hope so. I mean, we've seen one in our lifetime, so we're due. We are due. We're also due to go ahead and wrap this show up. So let's get let's call it episode eight is in the books. And with that, thank y'all for listening. Gentlemen, great job as always. Until next time. And with that, we wrap up episode eight of the Atlanta Sports Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show as much as we are. We're having a blast making these, and hopefully that shines through with each and every episode. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow us, follow us on Twitter at ATL Sport Podcast. And you can also find us online, the Atlanta Sports Podcast.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a great week, Atlanta.